Hello, and welcome to the Genesis Church Podcast. We're so excited you decided to join us today. All right, now let's check out a recap of this past Sunday's experience. We hope you are blessed. Baking, it all comes down to measuring. That's what baking comes down to. Of course, I didn't know that until I was married because I hated baking and I hated baking shows and any kind of food TV. And then I married my beautiful wife, Tabitha. And she would torture me daily by putting on the Food Network. I would stop watching sports and then she would go flip baking shows. All right, now she's a math person and she loves like the calculated science behind the outcome of baking. And so she would watch it and then create it in her kitchen. Uh, I would rather gouge out my eyes than watch another episode of Alton Brown's Good Eats. One, because I hated each new scene. I hated his stupid little scientific explanations behind everything and his personality. So I thought I was doomed for turbulent TV for the rest of my married life until, yes, until I said, Tab introduced me to baking reality TV. Oh, how I love reality TV. I cannot tell you how much of a nerd I have to become. Like, I love the great British baking show. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. I love, like, the, the great American baking show, Christmas edition, holiday edition on Roku. I'm watching both. It's fantastic. Listen, I love to see people screw up a recipe, right? Stress out, burn a concoction because they did not measure their ingredients right and they did not measure their skill level, their, their skill level right. Like they just, they overshot, okay? Uh, they did not measure their time management right because all of baking is a science and it comes down to measuring. Everybody say measuring. measuring. Now, however, I don't just like the disasters, okay? I'm amazed at, at seeing what people can actually create. Like at some point, I wanna lick the TV screen, but I, I love to watch people make like outstanding things. And then they get this beloved handshake of Paul Hollywood when he extends the hand and they're like, like there's something magical with that blue eyed weird old man that loves to shake hands when you do something good. And then there's Prue who is like the coolest old gal in Britain. Like if I've moved there, she gonna be my best friend. But listen, I still love though when they drop stuff at the last minute or they forget ingredients and it causes a disaster. Why? Because those people are my spirit animal. And you should know that by the video intro. You think some of that was staged? No, the blood was real, people. The blood was real. Just kidding. Um, now, it's not. What I didn't understand, though, was that for years, which is what my wife had to teach me, about baking, all of it is a science. See, you add one thing here or you take out one thing there or you mess up one thing there or you measure like even just the amount of baking soda that goes into something or you grab white stuff thinking that it's sugar and it ends up being salt. Listen, you've created a disaster. So it got me thinking, how does this tie into Christmas? What does this have to do with the message of our lives? And I think our lives are a lot like this reality competition show. In one moment... When we are not calculated, we can mess it all up. When we do not measure our lives, we fail instead of thrive because life is not measured by time like some people think. It's measured in moments. Life is measured in daily decisions that affect every single outcome afterwards. 
And so today we're going to start a new message series called The Great American Baking Show. It's going to be fun, but it's all about measured moments, godly moments, holy moments. Now, I like to think of them as epic moments where God steps in and saves the recipe of my life from going into the trash, right? Instead of the outcome that I would do, he outbakes my every expectation. And even if the cooking time is a little bit longer than I would like, right? Or if the ingredients might be a little bit spicier than I would prefer at times, or how I would not like to put my life in the food processor, Jesus, just saying, right? Because that, that doesn't feel too good, right? When we're broken down and humbled and completely dependent on him, sometimes it doesn't feel good being broken and being put back together for something greater. However, the master chef knows all the things that he's doing because our God is always 100% calculated. And there, the things that you and I go through, the, the ingredients, the the, the, the whipping up of our life, right? Sometimes it's all going back to science, to these God-holy kind of moments in your life's journey, and it has a purpose because life is not measured in just blinks of time. It's measured by a moment in time, the God moments, where God breaks into your life and does something completely surreal. Now, I don't know why I still get shocked at holy moments. I don't get it where like, like, you would think at this point, your pastor would realize that you should never be shocked by a mountain moving that God could only move, right? Because it ends up creating, like, a godly recipe for what starts as feeling like a disaster, right? There is a mountain in your face. But it ends up being this perfect balance of the greatest life browning that I've ever tasted. Because it does. Because that's who he is. And so as we approach this Christmas season... And we see how this entire story gets revealed about how Jesus came to be here. I thought it would be dope to take this arrival of Christ like a recipe. Because it was ever so calculated. It was ever so measured. And oh man, was it holy. But at first glance, it looked like a total disaster. Can I get an amen? amen. Right? But it would look like a perfect disaster if we didn't know that the chef had the perfect recipe in mind. And so if you look at a recipe up front for like how Jesus got here, we would probably like, mm, maybe, maybe, maybe Lord, you need to rethink that, right? A prego teenager via the Holy Spirit. You ever heard of that one before? Nope. An unwed and engaged woman to a religious Jewish guy um, how about poor as dirt? How about coming from a podunk town that nobody's even like even heard of? Where's Nazareth, right? How about you throw in two tablespoons of having to go on a journey of being nine months pregnant, ready to pop on the back of a camel? Let's add in, how about a, a half a cup of no room in the inn in Bethlehem? And oh, guess what? You're going to be sitting out to give birth in a barn to the Son of God. You can't tell me that that doesn't sound like a recipe for a total disaster, right? But how, oh, how our God is calculated, so measured, so purposeful for the woven story that he's still creating. So in this series, The Great American Baking Show, we're going to look at three specific holy moments, 
holy encounters in the story of the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's gonna be from a different angle, okay? But I'm telling you, this is, I'm so excited about this series because it's all about the holy moments where God became flesh and dwelled among us. And so I'm gonna open up this message series today and we're gonna look at holy moment number one. And it all comes from a very powerful moment of obedience. Everybody say, obedience. Obedience, obedience as a part of a, like, a life recipe? Yeah, that doesn't feel very good, but I'm telling you, Follow what's written when you know the author. And you won't get a royal mess. And so I'm gonna give you one key thought, and I believe that this moment today, like when, when worship was going on, I was like, oh, this is, this is why. This is why, like, there's a fight. And the moment that you hear this, it might be the moment that God starts doing a new recipe in you. Here it is. You have no idea what God can do through one moment of obedience. One moment of listening to him. One moment of following his recipe over my own will. Because my will feels so much easier than saying, yes, God, I'll do what you want me to do. <laughs> and you have, <laughs> but when you say yes, I don't think any of us got a clue. Any of us have a clue about what will happen when we say yes and do just one radical moment of obedience to God. Now, some of you do know that because you've been through it a time or two, right? You've been prompted to do something. You've been prompted to say something to somebody to change their life. You've been prompted to give something and you said something. You did something. You gave something. And then like maybe years down the road, you look back and you're like, Wow. Like, I cannot believe that God set all of that emotion through just one small act of just me saying, yes, Lord, I'll obey you. <laughs> and then there are the other times, right, where we might feel prompted to say something or go do something or give something, but we don't know all the details. So for, like, example, why would you tell me to put an ingredient into a sweet that says cream of tartar. That sounds disgusting. What does that have to do with that my yummy meringue topping from my mama's delicious chocolate pie? But God created your life. And he has plans to prosper you and not to harm you. <laughs> He's got plans to give you a hope, man, and a future. And he is scientifically calculated, moving all the pieces of your life in all his moves. And God knows that some cream of tartar stabilizes those tiny little bubbles in the egg whites. And it speeds up the white whipping process. And it contributes to a billowy, glossy meringue. Perfect for cookies and topping pie and folding into cakes. Can you tell that I'm enjoying the holiday season already? That's called God science, people, and this is called Weight Watchers in January. Listen, but dude, if you are like me, you hear cream of tartar and you're like, gross, God, I don't want no fish sticks dipping sauce in my cookies. Ew. So that act of obedience seems very, very difficult. Maybe you've got some move that you know that you're supposed to make and you're like, I don't want to add that 
to my plate. I don't want to put that in my life, and so we don't do it. <laughs> and what would have been actually a speeding up agent, we skip it. And then what happens is results in this either slowing of God's plan or the halting of his plan. And then sometime down in our future, we look back and wonder, like, what did we miss out on? What did God plan to do that maybe he didn't do through us because we did not obey? Man, and that's what today's message really could be titled is like, hmm, when the recipe is hard to obey. So I'm gonna dive into a very special portion of the Christmas story that does not get a lot of talk. <laughs> We're gonna be going into Matthew's gospel. So everybody turn there. We're gonna read from Matthew today. I'm gonna read from the New Living Translation. Gonna be on the screen if you're new, no big deal. But bring your Bibles, mark them up. We're gonna start in Matthew 1.18. Here we go. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, Okay, there's the clincher. While she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now we got two other than Jesus, right? You got Mary and you got Joseph. Everybody loves Mary. Like it should be a TV show. Everybody loves Mary, right? Rightfully so, because she had to trust God that one, she wasn't crazy, okay? And two, that an angel really did show up and say, guess what? You're gonna be mama uh, of God himself, right? But nobody really shows love to Joe, okay? Virgin Mary gets all the stage time and all the kids' plays and all the musicals. Mary gets all the sermons. But today, I'm gonna talk about Joseph, who's one of the most important yet least talked about characters in all of the Bible. One of the reasons he's not talked about a lot because he didn't appear to live his whole normal extended life expectancy, right? It was cut off. Another reason why we just don't know a whole lot about him. Now, there's not a whole lot of messages about him because there's not a whole lot of information about him. But I promise you today, by the end of this message today, you're gonna love Joe. Let's go through his backstory real quick. And I'm gonna tell you what exactly we know about Joseph in some quick bullet points. Here's what we know about him through scripture. He was a carpenter, okay? The Bible says he was a righteous and he was faithful. He was a faithful man. He was the descendant of King David himself. He was Mary's husband, and he was Jesus' earthly adoptive father. Outside of that, we don't hardly know anything about him, but here's what we do know. There's this awesome moment of obedience that helped bring a change that impacts every single one of us, even today. So when we look at Joseph and we see him in scripture, you know, we see it Maybe a little bit of, of what he was like in Jesus' early years, like the last time he was mentioned was Jesus when he was 12, and then he just disappears from the story, right? And most scholars believe that he died because he would not have likely divorced Mary because if they did, that would have probably really been written in scripture. But we also see that Jesus stayed home until he was 30. What does that signify? There were no video games at the time, right? He was not hauled up in his mama's basement, right? So, Actually, it was, it was tradition to stay in the house with your mom if she was a widow until you were 30. Did you know that? And we also know that whenever Jesus was on the cross, he looked at John the beloved and he said, would you take care of my mom? 
This is my mom, she's your mom now. And scholars believe that probably it was because she was a widow and Jesus wanted his mama cared for. Jesus is awesome, y'all. Now, in the context of our story, we just read that Joseph was already engaged to Mary. That means something a little bit different back then than it does now, right? Right now, people think you get engaged like at 22. Sorry, my mic. That's, I'm telling you, it is a fight today. I woke up and I was like, oh, it's a battle day. All right, listen. This is me rolling on my sleeves, get ready to punch Satan in the face. All right. We think that people get engaged 20, 24, 26, right? Mary was like 14, maybe even 13. Some think 15. Really young, doesn't matter, right? But that's just how they did it back then. Like, they were smart. Get him out of your house. Why, they're really, like, hormonal, right? <laughs> Teenage years. Woo! Somebody else's problem, can I get an amen? Right? <laughs> All right, Listen. And then Mary, she was a virgin who comes to Joseph and says, guess what, Joey, I'm pregnant, <laughs> right? And then when he hears this news, knowing that he had not been with her intimately, he would have been devastated beyond measure, okay? Even more than you think, because if you understand first century Jewish engagement culture, when you got engaged, it wasn't like an Instagram proposal. You didn't even beg to know what was going to happen next. Now, all that he did, when the angel said to him, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, he did this, Matthew 1, 24. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. And he took Mary as his wife. If there was one statement that we all wish could be true of us, it would be, we did what the Lord commanded us to do. We were obedient without understanding any of the details to come. Now, Joseph's story, it proves this thought to us. You and I don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. You don't need every single detail. You don't need everything ironed out. I would love to understand what in the world is happening right now in my life. We don't have to understand certain things that have to be added to us or taken away from us. What we have to do is trust the recipe maker. You and I do not need to know how it's going to end if God is there in the beginning. Can I get a bigger amen than that? Why? Why? Because if you think about what Joe did not know, he didn't have hardly any information. He had a dream. I'd have been like, I ate some bad pizza. No, he gets up and he says, I'm going to trust my recipe maker. Think about all the details Joe did not know. He didn't know that in nine months of being pregnant, there was going to be this decree that was just going to go out and he was going to have to travel to Bethlehem in order to get the census taken on his life. He had no idea he was about to travel over 100 plus miles on a donkey to get there. He did not foresee horrible weather that would be literally freezing at night with a grumpy pregnant woman on the back of, of, of a donkey just right in. That is not a fun road trip. Right? No offense, ladies. No one told him there would be wild animals that he'd be fending off along the way. No one told him that he was going to be, you know, having his kid in a barn. 
The angel didn't come down and be like, bring some clothespins, it's gonna smell. No one said, Herod would issue a decree that he's coming after your kid. And all the boys under two years old, they're all gonna die. No one told him he was gonna have to go on the run. Can you just pause for a second? I don't, I don't know this is like a weird epiphany or like, you know how you read scripture and all of a sudden because you know, 2 Timothy says that it's alive and breathing and active and like the Spirit of God makes the Word of God pop up in your face, right? Can you just imagine though, this weight knowing that innocent boys out there everywhere are all being killed as his baby, their baby, and their safekeeping is okay while all the others are being killed because of Mary's child. Did you, did you ever think about that? I hadn't. What about all like the guilt and the grief of that moment? And you know what else Joe had no clue about? The weight, the spiritual weight of raising the very Son of God. He just said yes. Son of God, not his flesh, but he's still the earthly father. And without knowing any details, he obeys immediately. Now you love Joe, don't you? Right? So how does the story apply to you? Because everything I say, you're going to pull something away. I promise you. Here comes some practical. At some point, God is going to speak to you through his word. God is going to speak through you through the prompting of the Holy Spirit in your life. God is going to lead you to someplace, somewhere without knowing all the details. It's going to happen. Maybe you're going to be dating someone and you show up here in, in a relationship series at Genesis and the word of God messes with you and suddenly you realize you can't marry the right person if you're dating the wrong person. And the Holy Spirit gives you a breakup message. And you're like, but I have invested so many years with this dude. What will I be able to hold on to after this, if this breaks up? But God prompts you to do something. Now are you going to obey or are you going to disobey? Where God is stirring within you to use the gifts that he has put in you. When you accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit, just because he's rad, decides to put in you some spiritual gifts. Not anything that you do. He just says, boom, you're going to be at this. Boom, you're going to be able to do this. Why? Because it begins to help this whole church. Because we know that we don't just go to church. We show up and we are the church. And God gives you spiritual gifts to use on purpose. I'm speaking to somebody today who's sitting on yours. And God prompts you to do something but then you say, but God, I'm so busy. I got a job. I got kids. I got to clean up after my husband, right? Or I got, I got to get on and look at Facebook Reels for at least two hours a day. Or I got to learn that new TikTok dance routine before the PTA tonight. I got to run my kids to sports ball and B-Day parties and dance classes so I can get better at the TikTok dances. So listen, I'm just so busy. But God prompts you, do something with what I have put in you to do something with. But are you going to obey or are you just going to disobey? Maybe God... <laughs> happened to me this week. And I'm like, 
literally trying to talk myself out of it. I'm like, is this real? Like, do I need to do this? And even when I did it, the person said to me, I don't need this. And I don't know if they were embarrassed or they just, I don't know. But I do my part, and that's what I do. God might lead you to give something to somebody, to bless somebody. And you think, God, it's really tight. Jesus, you know it's Christmas time. It's your birth, right? I got to buy gifts. But you got to make a choice. And you don't know the details, but God's prompting you. And you don't know what's going to happen until you make the move and follow the recipe. How will it turn out? I don't know. Did you obey or did you disobey? Hear this today. If you hear nothing else that I say, please. Obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's. Outcome's not on you. So what he leads us to do, we trust him with the results. What he leads us to do, we have to trust him with the results. In this, my bigger opinion right here, like, I think this is like, just a larger problem for, for cultural Christianity. Like in the realm that I'm, I'm in, like I'm a pastor, and very few people just let me be friend, right? Like we'll hang out and then ends up into a counseling session. And it's okay, I understand my role, I understand why I'm here on this earth, and I love you and I, and we can do that. But I believe a lot of people already know the answer before they ask me the question. Because it's not about a level of lack of knowledge. Let's say it like that, okay? I believe that people are educated beyond their level of obedience. In other words, they have the head knowledge, but they don't have this heart knowledge. Their heart won't engage. And so people will say, feed me, feed me, feed me. Give me, give me, give me, give me more. And all I want to say to some of us is that maybe we don't need to know more. Maybe we just need to actually do more of what we already know. We need to be obedient to what God's word has already said. We've got to trust the original recipe maker and trust him with the results. And when we do, here's what's amazing. You get God's results, right? And his way is always the better way. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are higher than your ways. He knows the plans that he has for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God's way is always the better way. Because he designed you. He's your creator. He has a path for you. So walk it. Joseph did not have all the details of what the angel of the Lord showed up and told him to do. And then the angel continued and said this, and this is so powerful. Look at verse 20, 21. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Yeshua. Savior. For he will save the people from their sins. Because that's why God sent him to us, right? That child of Mary, it was a miraculous birth, conceived by God himself, the power of the Holy Spirit. And a holy moment led to another holy moment, that birth of the Savior, and that's how life is measured in one act of obedience after another. And, and when we do this like Joe did that, we get God's result, we get God's way, we get God's plan. Now think about the recipe and how it matters. All the details matter. Listen, if this child 
had been conceived by an earthly father, what would have happened? If it was conceived by the seed of Joseph, we would have that sinful seed nature that was passed on from person to person to person because of the original sin of Adam. But because he did not consummate that marriage and it was because of the Holy Spirit that she became pregnant, guess what? Jesus Christ did not inherit the sin nature, but instead he inherited the spiritual nature of God himself. Fully God, fully man. But he was born without sin. And so he could live without sin and he could be the perfect sacrifice to take away the sins of the world. Woo! I, God is so measured. I don't know about you. But that makes me excited because I need grace and I need forgiveness. I am so grateful for Mary and Joseph who just listened and obeyed. And they had a measured approach and they said, listen, we'll do what you say. And if they had not, there would be no propitiation for sins. What's your sin? What is your weight? What's your heavy? Like, are you battling with lust? There's grace for that lust. Are you battling with jealousy? There's forgiveness for jealousy. Have you been unfaithful? God covers every single sin. There's no sin too great for God's grace. Jesus was born of a virgin, fully God, fully man, without sin, so he could die in the place of us sinners. And I'm telling you, he did it to take on all that you and I have ever done, will ever do, that breaks the heart of God. And he came here so that you and I could find the way back to God. So that we could find forgiveness of our sins. And the angel said, hey, don't be afraid. Take her as your wife. Name him Jesus. He's going to be your rescuer. <laughs> and Joseph just obeys. But knowing the cost is going to be significant. He knows he's going to face some serious opposition. And, and, and in time... And every time that God prompts you, or God gives you a word, or he gives you this clear direction in the way that you are to take, he speaks to you by the power of his spirit, and almost every time that you obey, you are going to be met with some kind of spiritual opposition. Today's craziness is not the weather. <laughs> in fact, if you look at most significant things that I've ever done in my life. I've always had some like, not just like a little bit, but like hardcore spiritual opposition. If you just look at the last year, what we endeavored to do, like just getting off the ground, like I cannot thank you, I cannot thank Rita enough. And all of you, and I can't thank you enough for stepping into leadership positions that I know that you think she has positioned you in, but the Lord has put you there. And you've been turning with me towards greater outreach to be better at being the hands and the feet of Jesus. But as I lead, guess what? I live in attack all over again. And you don't know this unless you follow me on social media, but my knee ate itself. Literally, I had a doctor say, your ACL has disappeared. I've never seen this before. And this is all I do for a living. He's like the best of the best. He's the one that does all the football stuff for, for the Knowles. So he's seen a lot of injuries. And especially possibly having surgery in a week. All over again. 
Number 10. On the same stupid name. I got a back fusion. Y'all saw that nightmare. My pain's getting worse, not better. Like to the point on their days where I cannot tie on shoes. That's why I wear Hey Dudes, because I just get to slip them on. It's not a fashion statement. But they don't think my back fused. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. You're gonna go back in and they want to cinch it more and put more bolts in my back. And I'm like, I'm in the same boat as a year ago. And just where I thought like I was at the light, I could see the light in the tunnel. I did not realize it was a subway tunnel and there's a train coming to run me back over. But as I lead to be hands and feet of Jesus with you, there's a fight we're all gonna take on. Mine might be physical right now. And I don't know, like I'm not blaming everything on the enemy. But I do know even in these moments, he will use it to play mind games and to tear me down and to beat me up and make me exhausted. It's where I just, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm toast. But instead of giving up, <laughs> there is a moment where there is a fight that rises up in me and rises up in you. If you stepped into outreach, you know what I'm talking about, and you're leading, and you get your life a little flipped upside down. But I'm telling you, because you obeyed and you said yes to God, it's going to make you stronger. It's going to make you better. It's going to make you a fighter. It's not going to make you a spiritual whip. It's going to make you a godly warrior. Let me remind you, don't worry when you face opposition, because that means you're doing the right thing. You better be worried when you don't. Opposition, it might be difficult. Okay, guess what? It might even cost you like an earthly season of your life. I'm in like a two and a half plus three year ordeal. Okay, guess what? But I have no idea what's happening on the other side of this. I told these beautiful ladies in the lobby today, I'm like, I have no idea what recipe God is, is cooking in my life. But dude, I'm going to obey God. You have no idea what God can do through one moment of obedience. Just say yes to him. Say yes to his ways. And I love that the angel of the Lord shows up and says, don't be afraid. Because isn't that our natural inclination all the time? Like, Lord, you're, you're asking me to do what? Don't be afraid. God is with you. God is for you, not against you. And he's ordering your steps right now. You better plug into his word. His word is a lamp unto your feet light unto your path. And there's a reason why it's not a flashlight. It's a lamp because you just got to be able to see where you're going next and trust him in the next step and the next step and the next step because God will show you a little bit at a time and you don't have to see the whole journey. It doesn't have to make sense. 
Joseph had no clue what he was getting into other than he probably thought, well, this one's going to be rough. Life is not measured by time. It's not go to elementary school, go to high school, go to college possibly, get a job, get married, then watch my kids go to elementary school, go to high school, go to college, I'll become a grandpa. Like it's, it, it's not measured by those things. It's measured by holy moments. It's measured by moments, one step of radical obedience at a time. You have no idea what God can do. You have no idea what mountain God can throw in the sea through one moment of obedience. So trust him with the recipe and just say, yes, God, I will obey. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for taking a goofy look at message series, Lord, and making it so powerful. Lord, I just feel your presence so heavily in this room, Lord. I know that this is a holy moment. Lord, we're standing on holy ground. And if I could bend over to take off my shoes, I would. <laughs> Lord, I ask right now for anyone struggling in this room, Lord, to trust you in a moment that seems so scary, that seems so surreal. And Lord, you're calling them and you're drawing them. Lord, you're walking through shark-infested waters with them. Help them, Lord, in this moment to trust and obey. For there's no other way than just to trust God. If this is you today, just this, this message is speaking to you. Nobody's looking around. Just lift your hand. I'm going to pray over you in this moment. I need to see those faces. Like, I need to know who's, who's struggling. Who. Okay. Would you just raise the other hand? Lord, today we just worship you. God, I pray, Lord, for my my brothers and my sisters. Right now, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, let there be a peace to saturate their life. Let them feel your physical presence, Holy Spirit, overwhelm them in this moment and give them this peace of mind and let them understand in this moment, God, you are working out all things for their good. And even the things, Lord, that that the enemy has intended for evil, Lord, you will flip for good because, Lord, you are working all things for our good according to your purposes for our life. Now, Lord, I pray, seal this moment. Don't let them walk out of this place, Lord, and shrug off or doubt, God, that you are in the moment doing something in them, through them, and with them, and for them, and by them, through your power, show up every day. Spirit of God, be so present in their life, so prevalent in their life. Every time that they make a decision, let them lean into you and not make it by feeling, but by faith. 
Lord, let this be a faith-boosting, testimonial kind of moment, holy moment in their life right now. From this moment, Lord, someone sitting here, everything is going to change. From this moment, your whole life is being flipped upside down. From this moment, if you will just trust and obey, that is the Spirit of God telling you today to listen to Him. Trust and obey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all need to show up to the series. I'm telling you, it's going to be good. It's just the beginning. Just the beginning. And I love the Christmas season. I love being creative. I love having fun with you. I love celebrating Christ. I love the joy of the Lord and just watching it explode. Merry Christmas, Genesis Church. (laughs) It's going to be a good season. I'm telling you, all the seeds that are being planted, all the things that we have been fighting against, this new year is going to be bright. I don't understand it, but there is a there's a change. All right, thank you for joining us here at the Genesis Church podcast. Remember, you can join us every Sunday at 10:31 a.m. on all social media platforms. You can also join us in person every Sunday at 1031 right here at 4070 Mission Road in Tallahassee. God bless you and have a great day.